It's not the length podcast. How big was it? It was big. It oh, was six why. to eight that's foot, and he was shitting himself. Why, why, why do you hate the Florences, Ben? What's your beef for the Florences? What up? This is Shane Dorian. And no fingering. Welcome to It's Not The Length Podcast. I'm Paul Evans. And I'm Ben Mundy. We're in London, Ben. We are. Me, you and the dog Scratchy. Um, what's going on? What are we doing here? Um, we mainly are here to do a podcast, but also to go over last night's um, premiere of Heavy Water, Paul, which I thought... I mean, the movie was great, but I thought the um, pre-game entertainment was uh, was pretty solid. Half a thousand people, 500 people in a cinema in Bethnal Green, Whitechapel. That's right. London's fashionable East End. Genesis in, uh, in yeah, East London. And we had, uh, yeah, we were there, we uh, talked to Mike Oblutz, we might talk about him later, we're going to have a chat about, about what he did. We had a chat with him on stage last night before the premiere. He was interesting as always, your mate. Um, I like Michael Blewitz. Yeah, flew in, um, flew in business class on the wavelength. No expense spared on the wavelength, isn't it? He's got that Hollywood vibe, hasn't he? He just looks kind of Hollywood. He's got the gravelly voice. He's got the kind of... Did he have leather pants on? He could have. He felt like he should have. Just, yeah, he's a bit of Hollywood and a great movie. London surf scene. But just full of shredders, I thought. And quite a lot of people subscribing to the magazine as well. So everyone's a winner. I think pretty much everyone that turned up once they saw the magazine to signed up. So it was huge, huge. Thanks for everyone that came down. Let's go and have a little review of the news that's happening in the surf world. Apart from the show we call... Ben, what have you got that's... I quite enjoyed recently, um, as you probably were aware, we're, what's the date today, Paul? 9th of July or something, 2019, I think it was last week, uh, Snapper Rocks came alive. They uh, In Australia, they had the Surf TV, My Surf TV, which is basically the government body, uh, Surfing Australia. The uh, live webcast of the of the event um, had Rabbit, Bartholomew, Richie Lovett as commentators. I mean, they did it, you know, they're yeah, pretty, pretty good guys, pretty got a bit of cachet, a bit of credit. There was it was eight foot as big as snapper gas. Unmakeable takeoffs. Unmakeable like slabs. There was guys getting pits. There was wipeouts. There was epic battles. Parko fanning. Dylan Longbottom, ah oh, Dingo just getting absolutely excited. I thought, well, this is this is, might be the future. Why would you watch, for example, now? Uh, I don't want to be you know my current employees WSL, but it's three foot J Bay, three foot J Bay or like. Mass carnage live broadcast of Snapper Rocks on the pump. They don't have to wait for waiting periods. When it's on, film it. I, don't know. I think it might be the future, Paul. Could be the future. We did might the... be our future as well. Yes. So yeah, I thought that was good. I thought it was. Uh, it's uh, obviously more and more is happening, but um, yeah, why not? Forget forget the waiting periods. Just when it's on the pump, set up the cameras and go for it. I liked it, Paul. Yeah, well, I guess Snapper's sort of good for that. There's quite a sort of talented local crowd, though, but imagine some of the ways around. If you, if you set that up and sort of live-streamed it, would, would, the, would the standard of surfing be there? I mean, I wasn't thinking of Fistral, but now that you've mentioned it... No, but if you do it, yeah, on the, like, if you did it at Mandaka, for example, or um, Chopes, any quality wave, the waves are good enough. There's always going to be a good crowd, isn't there? But I know Snapper has got some of the best servers in the world, which does help. But I reckon if you put it on a put on a show at most of the world class waves, you're gonna get some pretty epic scenes. And you don't have to wait for guys with priority and 
um, Keanu Singh's not involved, and there's you know it's generally it's going to be uh, it's going to be much better in my opinion. Paul, mm-hmm. have you got anything that is? I tell you what's really good. We just mentioned it at the top of the show. Heavy water last night. Surf Cinema, Wavebank Cinema Club, um, Genesis Theatre, big screen, five hundred odd people in there. Of course, a, a very famous venue in London, Charlie Chaplin, walked the boards famously back there. But um, on the big screen, epic, heavy water, what a movie. Obviously, a big production, a lot of money gone in. Uh, Red Bull Media House, cheers. But yeah, epic music, just banging soundtrack and incredible action, raw, visceral, gritty. Emotional. Huge, huge waves, cloud break, huge massive some sick pipe and just blew my mind lots of hooting and hollering going on and what a night we had Monday oh yeah it was great it was I wasn't kind of emotionally prepared for it too there's that Sion Miloski's death and I knew I mean I knew obviously the, the bare bones of that story but I didn't know they've got the actual like just before he took off and just afterwards and it's like hits you where it hurts doesn't it like yeah you, it was a big thing you didn't it, look ready actually when you got to the cinema I thought just a general vibe I thought I'm not sure he's ready for this right well, I now wasn't emotionally, and, I wasn't I had emotionally prepped myself Paul and as we left you did seem different and just as a, a little peek behind the curtain we nearly missed our, our train back to Peckham Rye Monday was sort of in a little bit of a sort of surf emotion stupor on the platform and our train was on the other platform he kind of froze for a minute and just didn't really know what to do Evan saved the day and sprinted up the stairs across and down the other side and uh, held the door open then I gave half a loaf of bread to a homeless guy I pretty much did everything that Nathan Florence wouldn't have done in that situation and uh, yeah so great movie great night Uh, Wavelength smashed it out of the park and uh, we had a ball Ben what else have you got the two Jughead Allport an old friend of ours, a friend of mine's from uh, the central coast of New South Wales in Australia. He got a wipeout at ours. It's one of the better rock kind of smashes that I've seen. Have you seen this, Paul? Mm. Um, I mean, ours is close to the rocks, but in this particular instance, like, Jughead sort of takes off. It's almost like he's on an acid drop from the rock platform when he takes off on it. It's just it's like no chance. He's a madman. I actually spoke to him about it. Um, he said just after that, uh, that wasn't even the worst part he got. He said, I was caught underwater, pressed against the cliff, and caught under the ledge. Um, he said, I've never been in a situation like that before. It was like I was wearing the cliff as a peak cap above my eye line, which is quite uh, erudite for Jughead, who incidentally I uh, defeated in the um, under-19 Hunter uh, Scholastics titles uh, in 1991. Uh, I think I got second. Jughead got fourth. How big was it? It was Big. It oh, was six why, to eight foot, and he, he was shitty himself. Yeah. So um, I, yeah, that was my career high point. Probably Jughead's too. Uh, since then, he's gone on to do a lot more better stuff. But he's a legend. But check it out. Go to Jughead's Instagram and watch him get absolutely smeared across some conglomerate rock. I uh, I really enjoyed it. I'd like to talk about the young girls at the Stab High Ladybirds. Uh, Sierra Kerr, in particular, Josh Kerr's daughter, who won it. Really impressive, going massive with the airs. I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the women on the CT, which I, you know, I'm not going to mince my words here, I think sucks at the moment. Um, and I just can't wait for the new generation to come along because there's a lot of dross at the moment out there, Ben, I think, at the top end of women's surfing. And it's great to see a glimpse of the future, a bit of promise, and actually 
some young girls, women coming with surfing with sort of modern surfing, contemporary 21st century surfing. I just thought really impressed with what they're doing and I love the way they pick the talent super young. They're all aged between 15 and 10 or 14 and 10 years old. So going really young with the talent and good platform and well done. Kudos to Stab for putting that on. As a little aside, speaking of some oh, older, I didn't pay older, for it, obviously. older stages, uh, Coco Ho was in it, attempted an aerial, tw twisted a knee, mm. and uh, will thus miss her first event on the CT in 11 years. She's never missed an event in 11 years. Wow. So, But she's probably never tried an aerial either. So mm. there you go. Yeah, I mean, she's... Fun fact. Would just you, Thinking of her... She's another example of someone who's like an amazing surfer to watch in heats. She's probably surfing 50%, you know, maybe, compared to what she can do. And I think there's something inherently wrong with the women's tour, but we're going to come on to that. So yeah, come keep, on to that. Keep your powder dry. And just as another little bonus good, because, you know, I like to squeeze the bonuses in. I don't know if you saw um, Elton John's... I don't know if you follow Elton on his official Instagram or... Twitter? I, no, I don't actually. He did his little um, Elton Loves like, track recommendation. Well, he does a little podcast and a new music thing. So, Elton John, uh, latest tracks, hashtag Elton Loves, have been added to his playlist. It's New Music Friday. Check out whatever by something called Mango Hookhead. Uh, follow the Fish TV, You Little Beauty. I think that could be surfing sort of highest, high watermark in popular culture. It's Elton John. <laughs> Picking up Paul Fisher <laughs> for his latest track called You Little Beauty. <laughs> and um, I don't know if Elton actually writes his own his own socials or his, I imagine he's got oh, someone he else. Would. He's got someone else. Reginald does his own stuff. Reg uh, It just reminded me a little bit maybe of um, Joanne Dura's old social back in the day when he used to get a guy at sort of folk. He didn't, he didn't quite have it. Either he understood or just didn't care, but he used to get. Um, I got Volcom to do his to stuff for him. So rather than go, I'm here in South Africa, I'm having some bunny chow, it would go, Joanne is surfing in half an hour, he will be stuck. And it's all written like... Did, they, the, did in, they write it in a French accent? Yeah. It wasn't, um, yeah, it wasn't quite the sort of searing insights into sort of a life of a pro surfer. But anyway, Alton Fisher, brilliant. <laughs> we don't like to criticise. But we will. What have you got that's bad? It's a bit of a uh, double trouble here. I'm going to go in hard. I'm going to do my two in a row. Um, John John Florence and Nathan Florence. Now, not you know, usually fairly beyond reproach, you, you might think. But um, I just, they've uh, in the recent weeks dropped a, a bit of uh, some why, clips. Why, why do you hate the Florences, Ben? What's your beef for the Florences? Well, I, I tell you what. Like, best, best surfer in the world on tour, but injured and one of the best... Tube rider charges in the world. What's yeah, what's your all that. Funding? Yeah, well, that was I was all in agreement what's until this? I watched. Um, well, John John dropped a behind the scenes look on the Gold Coast, which was on YouTube, just came out of nowhere. He's got like about one point eight million Instagram followers. He does about eight posts every like three years. But he just Classic dropped this year. Yeah, and I must have thought. And I thought, oh, this is, you get a look to see what actually John. I don't know anything about John. I don't, I've never met him. I don't know what he does. I don't know what he thinks. I'll tell you what, I know fucking less now after watching that. I watched the whole thing and I came out knowing less about John John Florence than I went in, uh, which is some type of like achievement in my, in my eyes. Uh, Chloe and Dino adds the only, a bit of spark in the whole thing. Bloody hell. Feel fun. <laughs> exactly. 
So I thought, oh, well, that's that then. I've done that. I've come out with nothing. Thanks for nothing, John John. Thought I might get a bit of, um, yeah, redress the balance with, um, with his brother, Nate. You know, he's the younger brother. He's known as he's known as a bit of a thinker and a reader. They always, you know, they always say, oh, he reads books as if it's is some that type. the other one? That's Ivan, isn't it? Oh, they're all the same. Well, the, all... No, the Nathan's the one. one. No, Nathan's a, he's the, he's the book reader of the family. And uh, anyway, they he dropped a 16-minute clip. That's called, um, it's a film called There and Back Again. Sure. Uh, sure. Which in itself is a title that doesn't exactly scream to the rafters like excitement. Anyway, it's 15 minutes. Most of it shot him surfing Chopu. Chopu was like exciting in 2000 and I think one when Laird surfed it since then. We've seen a lot of it unless you like Nathan, Nathan Fletcher doing like 50 footers. Also, I don't know. I, I know less about Nathan than I went in. Less All I know that he went and got a haircut he got a fucking mullet or a mohawk, and that's the extent of his kind of flair. And I thought, fuck, Florence's, you're better than this. I don't know if you if you, if you don't like doing it, don't do it. But trying to get behind those guys, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, Paul. Is is the mullet or the mohawk the kind of slightly weaker version of a tattoo? Is it trying to make up for sort of a lack of sort of personality or charisma? But at least with the tattoo, it's there forever, unless you get lasered off. The mohawk will grow out in yeah. a couple of weeks anyway. What's yeah, yeah, there's no commitment. Exactly, not even oh, committing to the. To the uh, lack of flair. So anyway, yeah, Florence. I mean, make your your own mind up. Clearly, but uh, I just thought that uh, they missed a trick in turn finding out about these guys that probably have, have got a story to tell. Paul. Mm, yeah. Yep. Have you got anything? <laughs> Quite a bit actually, as it goes. Uh, check out my article: pale, female, and stale. It's on wavelength. It's all about the women on the CT. Um, I think. The women are shortchanging surf fan, Ben. Talk about prize money. They've got equal prize money, which is brilliant. They're getting remunerated. I tell you who's not, the fan. Um, I think we're getting ripped off a little bit. I think they should get paid, the fan. In terms of entertainment, I think we're getting served up, lukewarm, mediocre. It's conservative and safe. We're getting basically cutbacks and snaps. Um, and I mentioned earlier about the ladybirds. The girls, the young girls are out there doing sick airs. You've got the big wave women. Charging, blowing minds, and sort of ironically, the bit that should be the, the vanguard, the cutting edge, the sharp, the pointy end, is actually the bit that's kind of letting everyone down. And everyone's afraid to talk about it, Ben, and I'll include you in this. Um, the sycophants, the fake news media. Evans are stri- speaking truth to power and bringing down your web of lies. And I'm, I'm prepared to call them out. I think they. I think, to, to use that expression, they're better than that, Ben. Didn't and they we, need to do better. We, didn't we say that, like, Bali was a high point with Steph Gilmore's 10-point ride at, at um, uh, Karamas was like, you know, where it was a, 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 a game-changer, a shifting, where the women had actually got to a level where you didn't care who you were watching? Weren't we talking about you that? S- you said that. It was a good wave, but overall, I'm mainly reflecting on Brazil. J-Bay's happening right now, but the last event... Looking at Brazil, beach break, high performance surfing. No one even tried an air. It's pathetic, really. They should be doing better than that. But they are better than that. But because they don't need to, it's not the talent, it's the system. And they're actually, it's actually sort of precipitating. Don't, don't hate the player. Yeah. Hate the game. And they're being rewarded for being conservative. And they're more or less in the same type of surfing that's been going on for 30 years. That's what Beachley and Anderson are doing, his snaps and comebacks. They're not, Zamba. They're not pushing Merrick. it. They're not pushing it at all. And um, I think the fans are getting ripped off. And I, as I mentioned at the top, I just can't wait for a new generation. Caroline Marks is 
the one kind of, you know, sh sh multiple world titles should come her way. But I think we need a whole new generation, a new sort of just wave of talent to come on and shake things up. Where's the women's Brazilian storm, Mandy? Where's that? Doesn't exist, Paul. It's bullshit. The, well, it's, I know, I get your point, because even looking back to last year at the surf ranch, and I think Caroline Marks was the only girl that attempted and pulled off a single aerial, and then that was like four days of perfect ways and with a, with a, a perfect platform. And people seem to think we're not allowed to, to critique them, which is bullshit. What, because they're too fragile because they're girls? No. We respect them as athletes, and if we feel that they're not, you know, they could do better, we call it out, Ben. Or at least I do. Yeah. I do, not you. <laughs> You're part of the fake news media. Ben, what else have you got on this bag? I haven't got anything else. Yeah. Okay, well, oh, um, I'll just touch upon, I will probably... You go, though. Yeah, people probably saw my piece online about uh, World Oceans Day being bullshit and everyone talking about plastic, now mentioning fish, the biggest single driver of sort of death and destruction in the, in the marine environment. Uh, some paddling going on right now, some Cornish pros... Uh, Stokes, I think Jace Robinson, the Boex brothers, bunch of the bunch of the lads are paddling to the Scilly Isles from from Cornwall um, to raise awareness of plastic pollution. Good intentions, awareness. I mean, is there anyone in the world that isn't aware of plastic pollution? It's like the surely it's the single biggest issue. You can't move without being aware about plastic. Why aren't they paddling to raise awareness? Awareness, <laughs> awareness for overfishing, Ben. Why aren't they paddling to say, stop fucking eating the ocean to death? Why aren't they paddling for that? Well, Do you yes. know why? Um, isn't, they don't have to be mutually exclusive, though, surely. You don't have to not... You can be against pollution and against overfishing, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm against both, yeah. yeah. Why is no one talking about overfishing, is my point. No one talking about it. Well, there's... No, no, nobody. Well, because it's out of sight, out of mind, isn't it, Paul? We see plastic, we deal with it every day of our lives, we don't... People eat fish every day, I mean... No, I, I'm, I agree with you, I totally agree with you, but I'm just saying a reason why it's, uh, you know, we need them to be paddling amongst trawlers or, yeah, doing something, what, you know, what, they, or what can you do, you know, to raise awareness, well, it's part from this podcast, which seems to be and my your uncle, main pedestal. And I got asked to speak at a festival... Uh, an environmental festival in Bristol on the on the back of the article, which I had to politely decline because I'm sailing. But um, is there any fees involved in that? Just no. They said they'd pay the flights. Oh, that's that, not that bad. It was unpaid that bad for you. Yeah. Um, but well, yeah, they should be talking about overfishing. So I think no one wants to talk about. It's bullshit. Read the IPBES report. It lays it out. It came out in June. Lays it out. Plain and simple. The the biggest single threat is overfishing all over the world, and no one is talking about it. Everyone is crapping on about fucking bamboo knives and forks and this, what, micro-consumerist bollocks. Buy a water bottle, a metal one. It's just bullshit. Stop eating wild creatures from the marine environment. If you want to do one thing, Wavelength Podcast listeners, to save the planet, shut up about plastic, pick it up, do it quietly, Stop eating fish unless you caught it yourself today. Do you reckon I got my point across? Yeah, I think you did, yeah. Sadly, on the same day that the uh, Japanese have started up whale commercial fishing. Again, yeah. Which is good news, yeah. Um, well, just on that, actually, uh, way back the editor, Luke Garza, did... After his Eight trip, whales. Uh, after his trip to the Pharaohs, he 
did raise a kind of philosophical point about a lot of people have spoken about the slaughter of the pilot whales up there. Yeah, it, it did bring it up to what what you know what is exactly the difference that of interest between that and eating a tuna or or factory farming or whatever it might be, which wasn't too popular, but it is an interesting it is an interesting point. It seems to be a sort of hierarchy about what animals it's acceptable to eat as opposed to others. Yeah, yeah. you can't eat whales, but why? Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. No, right. I agree. Yeah, there's no difference. They're they're an animal. They're all animals. Pigs, the body. pigs, same intelligence as a four-year-old human. Yeah. Greater emotional intelligence. You should be able to eat four-year-old humans too, for sure. You know, Scratchy, bless him, is just sort of curled up there on the armchair, but um, more intelligent than, than dogs. Pigs they have stronger social links between oh, their family. More intelligent than Scratchy. No one has any, any trouble about sending them screaming into the slaughterhouse <laughs> and pulling the mercy lever. Um, but anyway, it's probably, anyway. probably a story for another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, surfing's fun. Love yeah. surfing. Yeah. Shaka. Woo! Get that ocean, man. Feel the, feel the joy. Feel the vibe. Guys. So I'm just going to now pass you on to the main event of the evening. It's the Wavelength podcast team and the director himself. We've got Ben Mondi and Paul Evans. Coming down. If you don't, if you don't subscribe to the podcast, do listen to it, but they'll tell you that. Here they are, much more insane than me. Thanks very much for listening and thank you for coming. Hello everyone. Ooh, is this on? Hello. Hello, hello. Hello everyone, good evening, welcome. Great to see most of you. Um, okay, let's get down to business. Couple of rules. This is a cinema. It's kind of a rule about phones. Anyone, anyone in got a phone tonight? Phones, guys, anyone, anyone in got a phone? Phone out? Probably got a podcast app. On-demand audio app. Just get that up, subscribe to It's Not The Length, that's our podcast, yeah. Paul and Ben. Subscribe to the pods. Ben, you got any rules? Yeah, no fingering. So, um, okay. It's, that was awkward, but there was, he made me say it. Also, um, this is a surf movie. Uh, a lot of movies, you, I mean, you're all surfers. You're, I mean, you're, you're London's best surfers, I can tell. But um, you don't have to be quiet. You can yell, you can let, you can cheer. This is a great movie. It's emotional. It's going to be, don't yell at, at the bad bits, but the, at the bits that make you feel, make you really feel like a surfer, yell out and hoot. That's what surf movies do, Paul. I reckon that it's probably time to get um, the main man on the stage, Michael. Let's, let's bring him on. Mike Oblowitz is the director of this film. Mike has worked in many, many a world. He's worked with David Bowie, he's worked with Diana Ross, he's worked with Val Kilmer, he's worked in Hollywood, he's made amazing documentaries, he's a Hollywood kind of legend. He's certainly stuffed in the uh, Museum of Modern Art, I've heard, I've just read it on Wikipedia. All I know is that Mike Oblowitz is here and he's going to do his film uh, Heavy Water. We're going to ask him a few questions. He's worked with us too, he's worked with Paul and Ben. Mike, yeah, yeah, yeah. welcome, mate. Hello. Grab a seat, Thank Mike, you. grab a seat. Thank you for having me. Okay. Oh, we have a. You happy? Is this live? Yeah, mate. Oh, Where are we going? Fuck. This is a podcast, mate. So must and be. a movie. Can I swear? Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. Um, Shouldn't I say thank you to everybody for coming? There's quite a lot of people here. I'm surprised. You guys are awesome. Now, Mike, I've heard you've been to London before. Um, yeah. Tell us about your first time in London. 
My first time to London was visiting my grandma about 500 years ago. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, she, uh, my, uh, actually my grandma's right from here, from Hackney, uh, from Dalston Road, that's where she comes from. So that's kind of half of me. Anyway, that's my mother's, my whole family's actually from here. And uh, so that was the first time I came. I don't know how long ago it was. It was a long ass time ago. And any other memorable stories from London, Mike? I'm trying to tell you up here. Any other memorable stories when you come to London in the swinging 60s, massive 70s? Swinging 60s, massive. I got a memory. All right. So I know what you're after. So I grew up in South Africa because um, my, uh, um, my, my mother uh, went to live down there after the war. And, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, oh yeah, I know. And they wanted me to go to the army because that's what they did in South Africa, right? So I went, you know, you had to go. This is during apartheid, you know, when they're like doing heinous moral shit. And I went for about three months and I got put on permanent life duty. And then I was supposed to go back three years later when I finished university. And I just split. And I came here. This was the first place I came to because my family were here. And somehow I ended up at the 100 Club on Oxford Street. And there were the Sex Pistols playing their first fucking gig. That's what you were fishing for, right? Yeah, it was. I'll tell you. I'll tell you it up. And it was like really uh, something to see. I mean, especially coming from South Africa. You know, it was a long ass way away from the Sex Pistols in 1976. So, yeah, that was my initiation into the uh, free world. It was a bit like this, kind of radical. No, this is very tame and conservative. <laughs> well, let's, let's see if we can do something a little bit about that. So, Mike, we're going to talk a little about Sea of Darkness, which is a movie that kind of certainly put you on your name out there on the surf world about 10 yeah. years ago. That's when I met you. Right. You made a movie called Sea of Darkness. It's never made general release for a variety of reasons, mainly drugs. Um, and let's say, without getting too much into that movie, because we want to show this one, but in terms of making this movie, Heavy Water, did the Sea of Darkness reputation with you as like the controversial guy, was that kind of a bummer, was it a hindrance, or did it actually facilitate things for you with this movie? Well, it facilitated a lot of high-quality drug deals, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, like, everybody was terrified because they saw Sea of Darkness as this expose that I was, you know, always looking for this controversial angle. But Sea of Darkness was never intended to be any expose. It was, uh, I don't know if any of you have seen it. There's apparently a lot of clandestine copies circulating, circulating around the Mentawise and, and various other places in Bali. I'm sure some of you must have been there. Uh, um, but anyway, it just, uh, to cut it short, Sea of Darkness is a movie about uh, how surfers used drug smuggling in the 70s and 80s to fund echo, what became, what is now eco-tourism. Like the first uh, kind of ecologically uh, sound uh, tourist resort was this surfing camp in Jilan called uh, in, 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 in Indonesia. And uh, it was also, you know, how, you know, it, it, it was a great surfing camp with incredible surf, but there weren't that many punters for surfing camps in 1975, 76. So they had to augment it with a little bit of like hollowing out surfboards and 
filling them with heroin and cocaine and stuff like that and taking them on yachts. And, and then they found, what was that company they found? It Was it Quicksilver? Yeah, Quicksilver. And, and I mean, all these things happened. Yeah, and it was the same thing actually in the music business, uh, Atlantic Records, Ahmed Erdogan, was that his name? Ahmed Erdogan? All these guys. There was a kind of movement in the 70s uh, towards, you know, getting creative ventures off the ground through drug smuggling. It was before all the cartels everybody came into being. So that's the Sea of Darkness is kind of like a, a riff on, on Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness. It's about this guy who does all this stuff and he goes kind of into, he goes Asiatic, as John Williams said. And so having that big rep, everyone on the surf world, I mean, also, so people saw it, did that, make terrifying things, me. did that make things hard with this movie with Nathan? Yeah, so I'm on the North Shore now, which, you know, we don't, you know, everybody's like clean as a whistle there. And uh, um, they, they, there was a lot of pushback, you know. I, I don't, the pushback wasn't because of the what Sea of Darkness was, but it was how they perceived me. Uh, and more than that, also, the, you know, there were a lot of tragic things. This movie, uh, you know, was shot over a number of years, and like some of Nathan's closest friends died during that period. One was Andy Irons, and the other was Simon Malofsky, who he was surfing with. And there was certainly a lot of pushback from Simon Malofsky's family about, uh, you know, they were just, they didn't see the movie, they were just suspicious. Oh, the guy from Sea of Darkness is making this silence there, and are they gonna tarnish his reputation, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything you do on the North Shore of Hawaii that's easy to do. Now, I'm gonna jump in there. So, despite the pushback and how hard the North Shore must be to make this movie, given your history, well, I'd say given anybody's history. Even if you came to the North Shore to make a movie, they push back against you too. No, I'm pure better wine, so it wouldn't be an issue. But um, if, if, why is Nathan Fletcher, That's why is this man worth two hours of, well, ten years, five years of your life and two hours of, the, of this audience? Why is he, so what, what's his story so... Ben, you need to sit over there in the middle seat with the volume really loud and you'll find out. Okay, all right. See, he's good, isn't he? He just deflects those big questions. Right. Can you give us, just as a tease, what makes him so special? Well, the Fletcher family, I don't know if any of you know about it, like, but like Herbie, uh, Herbie Fletcher, Nathan's dad, is one of the, the real innovators of modern high-performance longboarding. I mean, he, he introduced, he was the first guy to skate in a pool, right? And then uh, back in the 60s, and uh, one of his early protégés was Jay Adams. Right, and so, so they, Herbie was like a brilliant pipeline surfer. He surfed the house, he shared a house and pipeline with, uh, with Jerry Lopez. But he was oh, a very underground guy, you know. You, you didn't see Herbie on the beach doing yoga, you know what I mean? <laughs> he was either out surfing a pipeline or he was doing things that a lot of people thought were destructive to the surfing landscape, like introducing the jet ski into surfing. And like he, he did that in about 82, long before Land Hamilton, any of these people that, you know, he did the, the first toe surfing was done with him and with Nathan when he was a kid, and with Martin Potter and Tom Carroll, that was in the early 80s. Uh, so just that heritage alone is, is, you know, everything in modern surfing comes from the Fletchers. Aerials, right, Christian Fletcher, who, who invented modern aerial surfing? Who would you say, Christian? 
Yeah, definitely Christian. Yeah. I mean, and Nathan is just as good. And then Nathan was the first guy to paddle out of reefs, like back in the in the modern era when they went back from jet ski towings. They went back to paddling out of reefs, and him and Sion did that. And, then they went to Mavericks. And um, just thinking about Nathan, what was it in particular you think? What was the hook for him to make this movie? Like he, didn't what was it? he didn't want to be the movie. Nathan's like the most. Didn't want to know. I'm assuming. Does, uh, does he know about the movie? <laughs> kind of. Uh, I try to get him to come, but it's, it's hard to. Oh, right. He just did the stab, what's it, air show, that, that you know, he presented that. Nathan is, is very special. He's. Uh, we call him the Marlboro Man. Because, I mean, he'll go out and paddle 80 foot waves and then he'll sit on the jet ski after he's covered in blood smoking a Marlboro. And he does that kind of shit. He's a bit like an anti hero, you know? And he's, you know, I don't know how much you know about the you know, background of modern surfing, but he's like uh, a very innovative cat, you know? So he's very shy and, and reserved. Um, it took me a while to get his confidence. And this is, this, is, this is a tough crowd to make a movie about. You know, it's not your sort of momentum generation where everybody's trying to get famous. These guys sort of born famous. Like Nathan's grandfather introduced the Hawaiian print into, uh, uh, out, took it outside of Hawaii and they had a textile factory. And they were the first company to do mass production of Hawaiian print. So I reckon they must have made some dough doing that. Right, well, then I think probably it's time to maybe throw some questions out to the crowd. I know you guys haven't seen the movie yet. We hope you haven't got hold of a pirate copy. <laughs> but um, maybe you've got some questions in general about movie, questions. about movie making, about stuff, about life itself. Anyone got a question for Michael? Or Ben, but mainly Michael. Anyone got a question? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Right here, um, right, sorry to get through here, through the red chairs. What's your name? I'm going to ask your name and why you're here. Why are you here? Where did it all go wrong? Uh, my name's Alan. I'm here because I saw Nathan Fletcher um, in the trailer jump off that helicopter, and that freaked me out. Um, so that was the big attraction. And what's your question to Mike? So you mentioned doing things in Hawaii was difficult. Um, I've read a lot of uh, Chaz Smith's books recently. Um, so did that mean you had to kind of get in with Eddie Rothman and that whole crowd before you could make a movie? Uh, well, I just want to say, it's making Good movies, question. making movies anywhere is really difficult. So that's just not like hanging out to dry with the Hawaiians. <laughs> uh, it's not, it's just a difficult thing to do to make any kind of movie. Um, that said, we did that acid drop the jump in Eddie's backyard, right? So uh, it's shot... Uh, there's this outer reef that I'm not allowed to name, but it was shot at the nameless outer the reef that shall not be named, which is in Eddie's backyard. And so, yeah, we had to jump through a lot of hoops to get that permission because nobody had ever done this before. So, you know, imagine we had to get a permit from the Federal Aviation Authority to throw, basically throw somebody out of a helicopter with a surfboard and have them land on a, like, 25-foot wave and surf it. So, you know, on an outer reef a mile from shore. So that wasn't so easy to get a permit for, let me tell you that. That took like nearly one and a half years. And uh, it really, it took a lot of convincing a lot of people. And definitely Eddie Rothman needed to be encouraged. 
um, right to remain silent. I mean, her latest one, she shows a video, um, it's Sally underscore Fitz, and it's pumping Jay Bay. It's like a four-wave set, eight foot from last week. Uh, she's just paddling out. Oh, this looks interesting. Quote from below, ride the wave with Boost Mobile. They are always pumping, just like J-Bay. Amazing coverage on the 4G Telstra mobile network, so you can stay connected. Crazy new deals on refurb phones and SIM plans. Check out the link in Boost Dolls bio for more info. Oh, fuck. No thanks, Sal. You have the right to remain silent. Jamie Brizick. Uh, Ooh, well, no. one of the great surf writers of our time. Friend of the pod. Big uh, friend of the show. Big fan of the show. Good guy. Great surfer. Um, Get your trousers on. It's a photo of a, a guy surfing from Hawaii in the 70s, and it says, This pic hung above my bed in the days of Led Zeppelin and Johnny Winter and Robin Trower and whatever cousin Jeff was listening to. There were birds in the driveway and a pet alligator lizard imprisoned in a fish tank in the garage. Mum's fabulous chicken Kiev. Did what breast milk had done a glacial 10 or 12 years before. Familiar limbs rubbed against me more often than not. I was most at home with a pinch, a hair pull, a fuck you dick face. Oh nostalgia, you are a quicksand, a baby blanket, a hand job. And I've got this Instagram post for you now, but I must move on. I mean, that doesn't make... Just... There's hand jobs, there's mums, there's chicken Kievs, there's familiar limb rubs. There's just... There's a man trying to be too fucking smart. Get your trousers on. And I like the man. I love the man. But that's got to be... You've got to stop that. You got He's nicked. He's got to be... He's got to be silenced, Paul. I just wonder if the courts will take his otherwise very high standard of prose as a sort of, you know, as a character witness could Litigating be... Litigating circumstances. Exactly, some of his rise. I don't know if the judge is going to take that into account, but I, ho- I hope so for Brizik. I really do. Because otherwise he could be looking at, you know, doing a bit of time. Um... Is DJ Hopgood at Forgot to Kick Out. Um, he's taken his his movie on tour. Yeah, more surf movie tour. Sorry, Cedar, there's only one surf movie around at the moment. It's not yours. It's called um, And Two If By Sea. Anyway, recent post, Rex Theatre, built in 1937, restored in 2018 by Generation Church, premiered hashtag And Two If By Sea movie about identity and restoration. With you so far, that's cool. To a secular audience last night in Pensacola, hashtag all things restored, broken world, broken people, with a father who blesses the broken hearted. It's daily deep water submissive exposing journey, hashtag get your heart back, hashtag don't waste your pain. I'm not going to be a pedant and say that you're missing a verb or probably a noun or an adjective. It's missing all sorts of meaning. It's missing fucking syntax. It's just... Weird words, broken world, broken people, father, mate, come on, listen, dude, if you want to believe in talking snakes and burning bushes that can talk, if you want to believe people surviving their own death and flying up into the sky from behind a heavy rock, that's cool, that's cool, it's just an origin story, it's just a creation myth, however, come on, mate, do do better. At least make it clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the very least. Makes sense. Broken world, broken people, broken fucking captions on Instagram. <laughs> they suck. Your sentences are a daily journey. And they're shit. You have the right to remain silent. Don't like to, um... Don't like to see familiar faces and friends of the show and people we, we look up to deeply uh, getting nicked. But hey, the law's the law. That's the thing about the law. It doesn't... There's no prejudice. Uh, Gone into Ben. 
He's been under arrest. Not going. No, not. I was as shocked as Zuberzaretta. I was as I was as shocked as you. Um, imagine, imagine my shock when I found out his arrest. It was akin to the Cliff Richard live arrest by helicopter that was broadcast on BBC, which incidentally was cleared in all charges and is launching a campaign along with Paul Cappuccini to change the way that um, alleged perpetrators, whether their names should it's be like, out. It's like your best, or your best mate turning you in. You know, you, you, you set your stalls out and then your best mate just grasps you up. What's he done, Paul? Um, I'd, I'd be very surprised if there's anything remotely <laughs> offence, arrest-worthy. Hey, man's got a right to make a living, you know? We of all people, we've done some pretty borderline stuff <laughs> for a few quid. Mostly related to surfing, but not always. But I think maybe Gonny's just maybe just pushing the boundaries of acceptability um, in terms of advertising on what could have got done. So a recent post having a blast with at Nissan Europe in Iceland with the new hashtag Navara. That's cool, car ad, go down two posts. Keeping hydrated with at vitamin well ESP, waiting for waves, hashtag drink well, feel well, etc. Next post. He's got a protein bar in his mouth, he's making devil corns, he's got pink hair. Afternoon snack, hashtag bearbells, yes, hashtag bearbells, Funk- hashtag functional foods, hashtag protein bars. Let's go down. Hashtag paper post. <laughs> Some moments from last week during At La Pointe Surf Camp's Cool Week with At Bearbells. You get the idea. There's a lot of ads in there. Gone, we just, Gone, we want to see shredding. Yeah. We want to see you doing what you do. And you, we want to know about you. I don't mind that every now and again, but I think the sort of three to one ratio is, is, is probably the wrong way around, Gone, and unfortunately, you're in the slammer for the time being. Hope you make bail. Get your trousers on. Whew, what a show, Ben. Well, that was amazing. That was high quality content, Paul. Oh, man. Um, yeah, still buzzing a little bit from last night. Yep, that was um, great. Yeah, and... Uh, Go check out the movie, Heavy Water. Don't forget to subscribe to the pod if you haven't already. Tell a friend, you can leave us a review if you like. Um, subscribe and like, subscribe and like. Mm, what's, what's, what have we got to look forward to? Uh, about the movements? Um, yeah, well, summer's coming That's from right, the commentary Monday's, team. Monday's, back on, Monday's yeah. back on the tens. Yeah, from the place where it all went. We I've, didn't talk about that I've, in the pod. I've re-scaled my heights from where it all went from where it all went west those many years ago. But, you know, slowly, surely, you know, was it slowly, slowly, catchy monkey? And I'm back there, so we've got that to look forward to. Might come out and see you in Spain, hopefully bring the kids down, do a little... Your uh, homeless camp down there? Yeah, you've done what, what Big Ron Atkinson never could, and you've sort of been rehabilitated back into the fold, haven't you? It's not happened for Ron yet. No, no, I'm there. But you're back in. You're so, back uh, on. No doubt we can do some live potting from the, those uh, neck of the world. Yes, please. Um, yeah, mate, so I'll just, you know, just keep the content. I've got J Bay to look forward to. Uh, I've got this podcast to listen to when you edit it and get it out. Uh, I've got the heavy water, just debrief. It's just been, I've just had a great time, Paul. I really, uh, really appreciate it. We appreciate the fact that you've only got a certain number of hours in the day to listen to on-demand audio, and you've chosen it's not the length. And we thank you for that from the deepest bottom of our hearts. I'm Paul Evans saying, enjoy yourselves. It's late to anything. And he's Ben Mundy saying, as ever, get a dog up, yes. It's not the length podcast.